Hallelujah. So we consider him. Colossians chapter 1 and verse 12 says, Giving thanks to the Father who has made us, King James says meet, means able. Another translation says, who has qualified us. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. To be partakers of the inheritance of the saints of light. Do you know uh, the saints in light? There is an inheritance. There is a godly inheritance. And we give thanks to the Father because he has qualified us. In other words, you are qualified and I am qualified. The reality is the worst sinner you can possibly think of is actually qualified, but not by what they have done. They are qualified by what God has done in Christ Jesus. So think of Christ and the perfection of Christ. That when he was here on the earth, he was perfect. Well, he was perfect before that and he's still perfect now. (laughs) His perfection is. Moses said, who shall I tell them has sent me? And God said, tell them I am. Because they're going to say, like, who's really saying you're supposed to take all these people out? He said, tell them I am. So God himself, we thank God. Well, you give thanks. Why do you give thanks? Some people say, like, well, they bought me dinner last time, so I need to buy them dinner this time. Right? They feel an obligation to repay. Well, it's not an understanding of generosity, but that's a different message. Okay? The best repayment for something done is to give thanks. And when you give thanks, it's actually a statement of humility. In other words, you didn't have to do this for me, and what you did for me affected me in a positive way. Thank you. So, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. I don't know if I get any further than this, but (laughs) He has qualified us. Well, that what does that mean? Well, one of the things that means is I have not qualified myself. I cannot qualify myself. You know, thank God. We have the new covenant because they had 10 commandments under the old covenant, right? But then they had a lot of other things that those 10 commandments, like they were having trouble with just those. So they like, let's add some more to it because like uh, you're kind of not getting it. Well, we have one commandment into the new covenant and that is the commandment of what? Love. Specifically when Jesus answered that question. He said, love two ways, basically. Love the Lord, love your neighbor. Love. So we have the commandment of love. So it's like boiled down and made pretty simple for us. Well, incidentally, if you walk in love, the God kind of love, you will fulfill every single one of the Ten Commandments. But you don't have to think about, oh, I'm not supposed to murder. Like, if I love Sharon, I will not murder her. 
But even you just have the commandment of love. And, you know, nobody else raised your hand, but I have not perfectly walked in love. I should raise both hands and both feet, right? But I don't have to walk in perfect love to be favored by God or to be qualified by God because my qualification is not based on my actions. My qualification comes from the actions of Jesus Christ and what he did for me. And what he did for me, it isn't just me. I am no more special than you are. And maybe your favorite minister you could possibly think of. They are no more special than you are. And they have no more corner on God than you do. And God doesn't want to talk with them any more than he wants to talk with you or me. I mean, think of your favorite minister right now. While they were sinners, Christ died for them. Yes, they were sinners. <laughs> yes, then I was sinner. But I'm not anymore. I'm a saint. It's not like after I die and go to heaven, they'll look at my works and decide if I qualify to be a saint. Why? When I came to God... He looked to see if I was qualified to come to him. But when he looked, he didn't look at what Tim had done. He looked at what Christ had done. And he said, overqualified. <laughs> Not even a close fight. Not even a good match. Why? Not because of me, because of him, because of the blood of Jesus. The blood of Jesus. Because of the, the blood of Jesus that, his, that is his very life poured out. We started last week, we talked about covenant. Like what a covenant is because God promised to Abraham what he would do, that he would be the father of many nations. And he said, actually in that promise, he said, because the father of many nations have I made you. And he spoke, I believe, in what was probably the most vivid language to Abraham, which was covenant language. We talked about, you know, they sacrificed the animals, split them in two, and the blood poured out. And then a uh, uh, smoking oven and burning torch passed in between the pieces. And when they would do that, it was like a figure eight. Uh, two men would normally do that. In this case, it was representative of God the Father and Christ the Son walking and making a covenant with all of mankind. Why? Because... Man could mess up the covenant. And God happened to know that. So this, yeah, he knows everything. So the same way that Jesus is who he saw and who he sees when you come to him, if you come by the blood of Jesus, don't you remember what Jesus said? Somebody said, <laughs> I heard a, Jesse Duplantis yesterday or the day before, he was saying, uh, I was looking, searching, uh, I was just wanting to chill out. And so I was searching, I'm like, funny Jesse Duplantis. <laughs> so I found all these funny things he said. <laughs> and he said he ran into this guy, that was, uh, this lady rather, excuse me, this lady. And she was, um, she had a very Catholic background. And so she said, she was spirit-filled, but she had a very Catholic background. And she said, why don't you ever pray to Mary? 
you should pray to Mary. Why don't you pray to Mary? And so he, he, he kind of looked at the inside, and he said, you know, you could, like, do a lot of damage to people. You know, like, the point of us knowing anything about in Christ and anything about the word is to draw all men to Christ. You can use your knowledge of the word, even of the move of the spirit, as a weapon and injure people and push them away. Or you could draw them in. So anyhow, he, he looked at the aside and he said, um, he said, he didn't answer that question. He said, I pray the way that Mary prayed. He said, I pray just like Mary prayed. Why? Well, Mary was there when Jesus said, John chapter 14, 15, 16. You will not ask me anything, but whatever you ask the Father in my name, he said, this is the way Mary prays. So I pray how Mary prays. She said, he said, what I want to ask you is, why don't you pray the way Mary prays? Don't you honor Mary? Don't you think Mary was like esteemed of God to carry the Christ child? She said, I never knew that. I'm so sorry. I'm going to pray the way Mary prays. So then you know what happened? She had a group of ladies, a little prayer group. And they went there and she said, she said, we are doing it wrong. We need to pray the way Mary prays. So they all stopped praying to Mary and started praying in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. I knew this lady one time. And, uh, she was, uh, she was a feisty lady, and uh, she used to be pretty heavy. And she, she said to me, she said, uh, she said uh, you call me Big Mama Ruth. And I said, I don't want to call you Big Mama Ruth. And she's like, honey, just call me Big Mama Ruth. And, and so I thought, well, I'm kind of being rude if I call you Big Mama Ruth, but, you know. She was Big Mama Ruth, and so I didn't want to fight with Big Mama Ruth. And so I said, okay, Big Mama Ruth. And she, she ended up getting that gastro bypass surgery or whatever. So then she was like, little Mama Ruth. And I said, do I still call you Big Mama? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyhow, she retired as a senior executive in the United States Postal Service. And so she had done some, some different leadership things and worked with many different uh, post office uh, branches and um, uh, the post, local postmasters and stuff and did leadership and stuff like that. And I was asking her some question about something one time and she said to me, she said, oh, baby. She, she called me baby. She could do that. She was so much old, you know, old, older than me. And anyhow, she said, oh, baby. She's like, you know, you can uh, uh, do a lot more with honey than you can like driving them away. In other words, like you got to like love on people Come around to their side rather than be like, don't do this, don't do that, stop this, stop that, stop this, stop. No. What happens? The Spirit of God, if people learn how to yield to him and look to him, it's like I, I tell couples sometimes, stop trying to tell your husband or your wife all that stuff. If you're born again, talk to the Spirit of God and say, Father God, they have the same, oh, talk to God. Father God, they have the same Holy Spirit as I do. 
would you please talk to them about this? Because every time I try to talk to them about this, like defenses go up, it's a difficult situation, or maybe, there, maybe it's just a situation where there's not revelation, you know? And I love to pray that the hidden things will be revealed and that the truth will come out. Why? Well, because sometimes I have been convinced that I am right. <laughs> and I want to pray to give the Lord access to do in me and the other person, if it happens to be my wife, you know, or somebody else, what only he can do. And if I think, can I say this? Somebody used to say this. Some people think their poop doesn't stink. Right? <laughs> so if I think my poop doesn't stink, I've got a problem. I hope that's not too vulgar. I'm, you know, do you know what I'm trying to say? Like you think uh, there's nothing wrong with me. Like everybody's going, <laughs> everybody's going like this. And you're thinking, why is everybody's nose itching all of a sudden? And you, don't, you look in the mirror and you're like, oh, man, it was me. It was me. Well, so you give the Lord some space to work. So you pray like, Lord, you, you talk to them. Man, that works so good. But you know about probably half the time you do that, you find out like when you do that, if you do it from your heart, he'll also talk to you about you. He'll say, what about your adjustment? And a lot of times you might have an argument with him. No, Lord, we're not talking about my adjustment. We're talking about their adjustment. And he said, well, who is talking? He said, okay, yes, Lord, that's right. I'll work on my side. And uh, instead of just trying to like, you, you try to explain it 10 times already and they haven't gotten it. So maybe it's a problem with you. Or maybe you just don't know how to communicate it because he's the perfect communicator. I love it when he, talk, when he talks to me. Even his correction is full of love. Mm -hmm. And you think, man, how does this spanking feel so good? <laughs> does anybody else experience that, or am I just kind of weird? <laughs> like there, I, call it like, I would call it the substance of correction. Like the, it's, it's meaty, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm certainly in some ways not enjoying this, but this is the best thing in the world. This is priceless. Well, he, the proverb says, he that loves correction loves life. So if you don't like correction, uh, you need to get the word on it, start chewing on it and say, you know what? I, I love correction. I love life. Why? You know how much somebody loves you if they'll actually correct you? They're risking losing your friendship or, 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 or all these other type of things. But the Holy Spirit, he knows exactly how to speak to you. He knows the tones to use, the examples to use, the words to use, so that you can receive what is being said. So if you have to talk to someone, boy, you should pray in the Holy Spirit before you have to talk or go into a situation that could cause conflict and find out what should I say, what should I not say. And then you be quick to hear and slow to speak. But giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us, that we are qualified to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, that we're qualified by him. So Jesus has qualified us. And so uh, God came to Abraham and he made this covenant in very vivid terms. And what Abraham saw happening is he saw a covenant, and a covenant was always to death. 
Like the covenant ceased at death. But God didn't want a covenant that ceased at man's death. So he made an eternal covenant. And so this spoke to Abraham because, you know, the lesser is always blessed of the greater. And so when he made this covenant, he is trying to communicate to Abraham, I have made you the father of many nations. This has been done. And if anything that I said ceases to come to pass, may what happened to those animals happen to me. Well, the Bible says if God ceases to exist, the whole world would cease to exist. So we know he has not broken his covenant. And he will not break his covenant. And it is a blood covenant. It is the strongest covenant that you can make. We're, we we, we got to go, but let me read this real quick. The blood represents life. That the giving of blood represents the giving of life and that the receiving of blood represents the receiving of life. That intercommingling of blood represents the intercommingling of natures. And that a divine human interunion through blood is the basis of a divine uh, human intercommunion in the sharing of the flesh of the sacrificial offering as, uh, as sacred food. This is from H. Clay Trumbull. Amazing, amazing book on the blood covenant. I think he's probably got the most extensive book uh, on the biblical blood covenant. And then let me turn over here real quick. Blood covenant. It's called the blood covenant. Over in John chapter 6, Jesus said, Therefore I say... Uh, said to them, Verily, verily, I say to you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have not life in yourselves. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, true meat, and my blood, my life, is drink indeed, it's true drink. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. Herein is communion through union. You remember this? When Jesus said this in John chapter 6. Uh, some disciples left him because they're like, we have to drink your blood and eat your flesh. This has turned into a cult. Right? It's kind of, that's my paraphrase, modern language, right? They're like, this is too much. Well, they're thinking in natural terms. As the living Father sent me and I live because of the Father, so he that eats me, he also will live because of me. This is the bread which came down out of heaven, not as the fathers did eat and died. He that eats this bread will live forever. And then one other quote. Atonement, salvation, rescue, redemption is by the blood, the life of Christ, not by his death as such. Listen to this. Not by his broken body in itself, but by that blood which was given at the inevitable cost of his broken body and his death. He's saying the old life must be purged out by the incoming of a new life. Uh, the only hope of a cure was by purging out the old blood by means of an inflow 
uh, current of new blood, which was new life. To give the blood, the giver must die. But it was not his blood, his life, excuse me, but it was his blood, his life, not his death, which was to be the means of the cure. So also with the sin-leprous nature, the old life must be purged out. This is why, you know, I like that song. It says, come as, just as you are, right? Some people, we want to clean ourselves up. We want to qualify ourselves. We want to do it ourselves. So, okay, Lord, now I'm clean enough to come to you. That will never, ever work. The old life must be purged out by the incoming of a new life of such a life as only the Son of God can supply. Jesus was the sacrifice for our very life. His life was poured out. Why? What did Jesus say in John chapter 10, verse 10? The thief comes but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you might have life. And that more abundantly. His life had to be poured out. His blood had to be spilled. Praise the Lord. Look what the blood has done. His life poured out, brought us to the presence of God. His life poured out, qualified us. Your qualification does not come from your education. Your qualification doesn't come from your place uh, in life, your station in life. It doesn't come from your job. Stop identifying with your job. Uh, Your qualification doesn't come with your gender. Stop identifying with your gender. Yes, there is a biological gender, and that is a biblical gender, and there are males and there are females. And Jesus came that we would have life and have it more abundantly. He said, John chapter 8, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free or set you free. I think a prayer assignment that every single believer ought to have is the young people around the world. So I plead the blood of Jesus over the young people around the world Their eyes, what they see, their ears, what they hear, their feet, where they go. Because there is like a demonic host that has an assignment to try to destroy mankind through destroying the young people, through confusing them what is a male and what is a female, and indoctrinating them into doctrines of devils. Praise the Lord. We believe in the blood of Jesus and the name of Jesus. And in the beginning, he made them male and female. And then uh, we have compassion for those that the devil has confused. Praise the Lord. Look at the time. You are qualified. 
Every single one of those young people is qualified. If you don't know that you're qualified, well, what you do? Well, you find out the standards of God, and the standards of God are pretty strict. I mean, no sin can enter the presence of God. So if you're not coming with Jesus, uh, the Bible says you're a liar if you say you've never sinned. All right? So every human needs Jesus. Why? Because God's standards are pretty strict. But God is a God of grace and a God of mercy. Hallelujah. So you're not misunderstanding what I'm saying. When I say God is strict. God is a God of grace and a God of mercy. And he loves you. That's why he sent Jesus. Because he looked and he said, I love them so much. And they just, they just can't do this on their own. And he knew the flesh. When the flesh starts to do something, what happens? Who gets the credit when the flesh does it? Jesus or the flesh? The person who's in the flesh. Well, all glory goes to him. Man, there's so much here. It's just like, just, just praise the Lord. Stand with me. Stand with me. You are qualified. So that's why people get confused because they're trying to qualify themselves. Romans says if you don't acknowledge God, your mind is given up to think let's just really weird things. Because you have not acknowledged God. So people choose, I'm going to choose my own way, so I'm not going to acknowledge God. I don't even, don't even want to say he exists. I don't even want to say that his way is right, you know, because why? I want to do what I want to do. Everyone's searching to be uh, qualified. And they're trying to do their own qualification. And when their own qualification doesn't work, then they say, I'm going to change the rules so that whatever I want to do qualifies me. Well, that's a lie to try and keep people in bondage to the flesh and to the devil. But we have been qualified by Christ in Christ. God has qualified us. To be partakers of his inheritance, of the best that he has. So when he's looking at you, he's not looking at you and he's not looking at me like, like well, you, if you just do a little more, if you just study a little more, if you just pray a little more, uh, then, then you'll get a little bit of my favor. Oh, no. He's saying, you just come with the life of my son, the blood life of my son, that is your soul qualification. And if you come with that blood, you are qualified for everything I have in covenant. You get everything that the greater one has. All of the riches, all of the blessing, all of the healing, all of the deliverance, all of the direction, all of the light, all of the favor. You're blessed with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so I guess if I like summarized uh, the, the message, you know, I'd say just stop trying to do it yourself. You are already qualified. Don't try to make yourself better. Live in his betterness. Live in his perfection. Like when you come to the Lord, you're coming wrong if you're coming by what you have done. If you're saying, Father God, 
I know I don't know much. I know you don't, you probably listen to other people more than me. You're coming in doubt. Well, you say, Father God, I know I don't know much and I make a lot of mistakes, but thank you so much that Jesus made no mistakes and he knows everything and all that's counted up and given to me. I have the mind of Christ. Thank you that you can think through my natural mind and think through my soul realm that I can think your thoughts and and walk out your actions. I come to you in the name of your son who has brought me into your presence, who has qualified me. And Father, I know that many times, well, let me just pray for you. Bow your head, close your eyes. Father, I know many times all of us have made mistakes and we've failed. We've come short. But Father, I thank you. Don't, you don't look at us according to how we've come short or how we've messed up or how, if we've been um, what we would consider righteous enough or, or, or uh, right enough. But Father, I thank you for the precious blood of Jesus shed for everyone here, everyone on the face of this earth. Father, I thank you for the love that you have shown us in him, that you didn't deal with us according to our sins and our mistakes but you deal dealt with us according to the righteousness of Jesus Christ himself and that you have given us that very righteousness that very standing with you that we stand pure and holy and righteous before you and in your presence and father we can come right in we thank you for that blood the power of that blood Oh, Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus. And right now, Father, in your presence, Father, we love you so much. And we know you said that you love the world so much that you gave your only son. That whoever would believe on him would uh, not perish but have everlasting life. So, Father, we pray right now. First of all, we pray, Father. For all of the children all around the world. Father, for this doctrine of devils. Father, we pray uh, that the hidden things would be revealed. Father, we pray that truth would come out. And truth would come in every arena and in every sphere. Father, that, that believers everywhere would wake up from their darkness and from their slumber and from the sleep and, and awaken. And that we'd all stand uh, against the powers of darkness. And Satan, we command you, you take your hands off of the young people of this nation. You take your hands off of the young people at this school and in this region and in our district in the name of Jesus Father we pray we we plead the blood of Jesus over every one of those Father that these doctrines and these beliefs that are trying to destroy uh, your little children Father Jesus even told us it would be better for someone to have a, a stone wrapped around their neck and thrown the deepest parts of the sea than to hurt one of these little ones Father we pray for school systems around the world, those that are charged with and in positions to influence and to educate the young people around the world. Father, we pray that your word of truth would be elevated and would be spoken to every one of them. We take authority over those blinders that have come over leaders in our own country. Father, we pray that your glorious light would shine in. That there would be not only an awakening to your kingdom, but an awakening to the reality of the destruction that the enemy is endeavoring to accomplish through those in authority. 
in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Father, we pray that you'd give those in positions of authority your plan to stand to drive back the forces of darkness in this arena. Hallelujah. Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed, continuing. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, and you'd like to, God so loved the world that he gave his son to die for you. If you'd like to receive Jesus, he must be received. It's not automatic. He's done all the work. He's made you uh, right with God. He's counted it that you're right with God because God looked at what Jesus did. But you have to receive him. It is a definite act. It is something that you do that you actually confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. And if you do that from your heart, you will be saved. In an instant, you'll go from darkness to light. You'll be set free from all of your past. It's wiped out. If you would like to receive Jesus this morning, slip up your hand. I want to pray with you. I want to pray for, uh, with you and for you. God loves you. He loves you because he is a God of love, not because of what you have done. He loves you. Slip up your hand if you want to be born again this morning. Number two, if you're here and you have uh, backslidden, you've gone back into the ways of the world, you, you, God didn't turn his back on you, but you, you kind of turned away from him, and you just know in your heart this morning, I want to come back. I want to know for sure I'm in the right place with God. I don't want anything between me and him. I don't want a broken fellowship. I want to have a sweet fellowship. If that's you this morning, slip up your hand. Uh, he, he loves you. He made a, a way for you. He made a plan for you. He's not mad at you. Oh, he just wants you close. He just wants you near. He'll see you coming from afar off, and he's like, let's throw a party. We're going to have a good time today in my house. And number three, if you've never been filled with the Spirit and you'd like to be, Jesus said, wait until you be filled with power from on high. Well, when you're born again, you're born again of the Holy Spirit. But it's like you just get the Holy Spirit in his fullness. You're, it's like if you just take a little glass of water and, you know, pour it over your head. You got a little bit of water. But if you just jump in the water, you're fully immersed. There's a big difference, let me tell you. If you'd like to be filled with the Spirit this morning, you can be. Just slip up your hand. We'll pray with you and we'll pray for you. With you, yeah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Father, you are our good God. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Father, I pray as each of us, uh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the Lord. As each of us go, Father, that the things that you have done for us, our inheritance, what, 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 what happened? What happened in Christ when Christ took his blood? When he did that for us, Father, that the reality of that, that we would carry that with us as we go and this week as we live, live conscious of the power of the blood and what the blood has accomplished. Father, that each of us, as we turn our hearts towards you every day, morning, noon, and night, Father, that we'll be conscious of the power of the blood and what the blood has done. 
and that we would enjoy your sweet fellowship. Changed, ever changed by being in your presence. Hallelujah. Let's all pray. If you're, if you're filled with the Spirit, just pray in other tongues. Uh, pray in the Spirit. If you're not filled with the Spirit, uh, you just pray uh, from the language that you're most comfortable praying, from your known language. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. You, you speak out divine mysteries when you pray in other tongues. Uh, the Bible says that you edify yourself uh, when you pray in other tongues. The Bible said actually that you magnify the Lord well when you, when you pray in other tongues. Uh, uh, there is like a spiritual charging of your spiritual battery when you pray in the Spirit. Hallelujah. Get you set free from uh, man's kind of thinking. Get you on God's territory. That you're, you're yielding your spirit to his spirit and you're already uh, kind of in the groove. Praise God. Hallelujah. 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 There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that only leads to destruction. The end of that only leads to a path that will hold you back and hold you down. Oh, but there is a plan and there is a path that he would set before you. And that path is full of glory and full of light and full of possibility and full of power and full of might. So don't walk in the path of just any man or any woman, but walk in a path that you've been called to walk in, for that is pleasing to the Father. And as you walk in that path, things will, that are out of order will actually be set in order. Things that are not right will be made right. Oh, just walk in the path that I've set before you. As you look to me and through my word and meditate in that, you'll see the light before your feet will become brighter. And you'll know this is the step to take and this is the way to go. And so you'll not walk in confusion and you'll not walk in despair. For I have not called you to walk in those places. That's not what the price of the blood of my son has made available. But it's been made available that you walk in security and you walk in surety. That you have large places to put your feet down in. That those places that are set for you to put your feet down in will actually cause you to have strength and stability. And that strength and stability will cause you to rise up and then you actually enter into those things that you've just seen glimpses of that you've even known in your own spirit. This is I think what the Lord has led me to do and where he's bringing me into. And instead of it being a mystery but those things actually will become clearer and clearer and brighter and brighter and they'll begin to take shape and they'll begin to take form and you'll rejoice and and you'll say, look what the Lord has done. He's turned my captivity. I'm no longer in bondage. I'm no longer bound up. I've been set free because of the blood of Jesus. Oh, he loves me. He favors me. He made a way where I thought well, there was no way. But his thoughts were bigger. His plans were bigger. His thoughts were higher. His plans were higher. And so I came and I entered in. Enter into his plan. Enter into his work. And now I rejoice. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.